healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the Basement Fellow Music Lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, and we are happy to have you down here as always. Got a great little podcast for you today. Got a great panel for you today. Been a while, but our friend Marcus J. Moore, uh, senior editor up at Bandcamp, happened to be in town. And uh, and so we were like, hey, you want to come hang out in the basement? Haven't hung out in a while, so him... Uh, myself and Mr. Marcus K. Dowling just sort of hung out and talked about, uh, oh, I don't know, one of the best albums of the year, Moses Sum- Sumney's Aromanticism. Um, this is a, uh, you may have seen it getting a little hype recently. Bob Boylan did an excellent uh, interview with him over at NPR, uh, sort of walked through the album song by song talking about it. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're going to get deep into this album and why it's so good. But uh, it's, a, it's a melding of this. Uh, sort of indie sensibilities, uh, sort of experimental sampling stuff with uh, soul, and uh, and it's it's magnificent, magnificent. That is a spoiler, uh, but this album is is this is the real deal. So we want to make sure you heard about it, uh, and then after that, another thing we want to make sure you hear about. Now you might know the name Aaron Abernathy if you listen to this. You might not know the name Aaron Abernathy. Uh, Ab uh, put out an album last year called Monologue. It was one of our top albums of the year. Uh, it's a very personal journey uh, through growing up a little music man uh, and becoming a man. Um, also R&B and soul. It was stellar. And uh, he was on his way to making a follow-up to that called Epilogue. And then the election happened. In, and what we have here is Dialogue that's coming out. I believe it's October 16th. The first single is out now. And it's called Children of the City. Uh, premiered on OK Player on Monday, and uh, and this this is a look. I, I just said Moses Sumney is the album of the year. Uh, that's because Dialogue is an album, so that's my opinion. That's where I where I'm sitting. But this is something that you absolutely need to hear and uh, and get in your life. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to play a track from that, and uh, that's about it. It's going to be your podcast for uh, for this Thursday. Morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you listen to it, wherever you're listening to it. Podcasts are, are radio on the go. Uh, so if, if you guys are set and this sounds like the type of thing you're going to dig, I, I think it's time we just head on down to the basement and hang out with my friends Marcus and Marcus, collectively known as the Markai, as we dig into easily one of the best albums of 2017, Moses Sumney's Aromanticism. Let's get it. Nobody's Steph Hines, but you know, that, okay. that's, that's the thing. I'm sorry. That, uh, 
that that voice you heard that is it really it's built for radio, brother. It's built for <laughs> Mr. Burkus J. Moore. You're finally back in the basement, and, and it is restored. Yeah, the, it, yeah, it man. Is, this is have, a reunion, man. It, yeah, it's it's like a nice big chair. You got a new futon. Oh, this got, chair this, is, this, this, this is awesome, this man. Is, this is the way. This is the way it should have been. Yeah, always. man. So Happy to see you guys. Every every you know disaster, a little silver lining. Hopefully, totally. Over in the big chair tonight, Mr. Mark Stallion. How you doing, sir? Hey, I'm Sporting good. Your decades shirt, of course. I like Balling it. Out. I like it. At decades DC. Uh, DecadesDC.com. Yeah. <laughs> cheap plug. Cheap plug. Cheap Air plug. Horns. Air horns. Well, look, man. This might this might be a hype episode because this is uh, <laughs> no because w- what we're going to be talking about, I think, is uh, I have no problem saying this easily one of the best albums of 2017. Uh, by a gentleman named Mr. Moses Sumney, his album Aromanticism, uh, which came out, this will be out on Thursdays, it came out last Friday. Uh, this is a, he's a, what is he, 27 years old now, born in Los Angeles, moved to Ghana, moved back, he's, uh, he's lives in, uh, is it San Bernardino, I think? Um, yeah, actually. Yeah, out, out in California now, but very in the, in the California scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple of years ago, he got paired with King. You know, he, he'd been doing all this stuff right. like anybody of this person's talent is going to do. Got paired with King as the opener, and all of a sudden people were like, oh, fuck. Uh, since then, uh, he has gotten uh, sort of tapped by Dave Sitek from TV on the radio. Uh, he's put out two EPs. He's open for James Blake. He's done all kinds. Of, I mean, he's... This was, I know for you more, possibly the most anticipated album of 2017. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily for me. Because I know, because I got it from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, listen to this. (laughs) And it was like, oh, fuck. And I mean, but this is the type of thing that like music nerds like us are going to dig into. Uh, This is a a deep dive into, I'm hesitant to say modern soul. Uh, It's, it's, and I'm hesitant to say a perversion of soul. Because, but it, it, it's it's certainly like off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's stuff that is going to sound familiar to you. It's stuff that is uh, you've heard other artists try to do. I don't know if they've done it with the efficacy that this young man has done. I mean, this is to me the most exciting release possibly that we're going to talk about this year, outside of Foxygen, because you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that joke's got to die at some point. It does not have Never to die. It's it's die it is point. evergreen, yeah, sir. Much like every piece of content that we produce, <laughs> or uh, cave as well. <laughs> um, Indeed, it is. But but to to acquaint you guys, what I want to play the, the most recent single is "Doomed." Uh, this a guy was this what this wasn't the song that was in uh, "Insecure," was it? No, uh, plastic. Plastic is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so even if you don't know who he is, even if you haven't like actively been like, I know Moses something, you've probably heard him, and and he sounds uh, pretty much exactly like this. Thank you. 
something the name of the album is uh, romanticism and, uh, and as you heard me gushing about it this is probably uh spoilers you know one of my favorite releases of the year but i want to turn it over and start a discussion with you mr moore because i know you've been thinking a lot about not just this album but this artist for a good like at least one or two years now yeah yeah and, and it's the thing like like you said in the intro where he was just one of those guys where I just would start seeing his name in different liner notes or like, you know, I write for Pitchfork. So I would see his name in like different stories and I would read this feature, that feature. And it was just the thing, obviously, you know, in listening to that song is like his voice just jumps out and just smacks you, you know. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, like and I also saw him at Pitchfork Festival in Chicago and he didn't really have anything with him. He did, it was just him, right. a guitar. Mm-hmm. That was it. And he just has like one of those once in a lifetime voices that you just can't ignore, you know. And I think that's what he's doing with this record is just kind of putting his voice out there and just letting you know this is this is who he's going to be. And there's a lot I, I find in common here uh, with, and something that Dally and I have talked about a little bit uh, with the uh, late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, Radiohead certainly was the spearhead of this movement, mm-hmm. but the appropriation of of soul into indie music and stuff, and yeah. and this is an album for me that feels like it's sort of swallowing some of that back up. Maybe maybe owning it. I mean, there's certainly a track we're going to get to later that I'm going to play. Lonely World uh, could have ended up on like a Tom York uh, solo album. I mean, it's Ooh. you know he, he he's taken this uh, this thing that most people think of as like oh this is the this is what the white people have done with the music and stuff, and sort of pulling it back in and yeah. like no, making it a very uh, black experience with this, and that to me is is possibly the most fascinating part about this album mm-hmm. because it, the groundwork has has sadly been laid by Radiohead yeah. and all these people. So whether or not people are going to really get this album depends on how acclimated they are to that, and then they're going to have to dig a little. Like and just be like, oh no, this isn't just some like indie nerd who grew up on radio because there's tons of Radiohead clones, right. right? And nobody does it right. That's true, you know. And just when I was listening to the record, the first thing that jumped out of me 
This sounds like a continuation of like Embria era, Embria era Maxwell. You yeah, know? absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like when I listened to it, it was like, which is yeah, which is not to say people have been doing this. It just right. has, it, has it, it. It just got buried by totally the, the Radiohead oh. clone, and that speaks to your point because. Like, I remember, you know, we all remember Maxwell. He came out with Urban Hang Suite, and that was, like, a great record. Absolutely. It was like, whoa. Like, but then when he came out with Embrya, no one was ready for it. You know, so it, it almost made me think, like, in listening to this, like, huh, I wonder if Maxwell, if he, like, reissued Embrya, like, it totally, Moses Sumney is of that class. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'd acknowledge it, but he, t- like, he definitely takes pieces from that album, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, the one that got me... Is when I was listening to this, I went and I listened to Maxwell Unplugged, mm. which if people like don't get, I don't know, I know, I, mean, I know you're. We're is all it, is that on streaming? Age. Just for my own yeah, it's on streaming. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, it's totally okay. on Spotify. Good, good. Um, after Urban Hang Suite came out, the thing that made him a crossover star was when he covered Kate Bush's This Woman's Work, Unplugged. And it was a real stretch for him because Kate Bush at the time was like this kind of like you know indie global pop star well, she she is the ultimate anglo object of anglophile affection right right i mean her music is yeah mm-hmm. so it was like maxwell who at the time was contextualized by the music industry as being like this left of center but still very much center urban r&b like drive time r&b artist like late night r&b artist right, quite storm dude yeah, yeah playing doing like this kate bush cover mm-hmm. was just completely out of field and with embrya he Double down in that direction. Right. Because that was the breakout hit, actually, of that whole unplugged thing was him covering someone's work. Like, it got onto mainstream urban radio. It did, yeah. And that was the big... that And that, and instead of, like, him, his cover of um, Ascension or Don't Ever Wonder, yeah. like, it was that, the, which is the B-side. And it's intriguing to hear... We haven't heard anybody do this kind of take of soul mm-hmm. in, like, 20 years. Like on like on a, on a level where like the mainstream industry, you know, like mainstream so journalism, people caught up with it. I mean, I mean, it's yeah. after his first uh, EP, like fucking Beck was like, "Do my songs," mm-hmm. you know, whatever you think of Beck. I mean, the guy right. actually does know a good bit about music, and I mean, people have a, a, a Deborah. Me- by the way, speaking of soul music yeah. and Beck, and yeah. that's relevant to this conversation. Actually, Deborah by Beck is one of the great all-time Al Green style soul records ever. Exactly, exactly. And people seem to have all along the way of of Sumney's journey to this immediately recognized, like, damn, this kid has got it. Yeah. And what do we do with it? And what he did with it was sort of, I think, ignore everybody and be like. No, I'm not gonna. You're not gonna put me over here. You're not gonna put me over here. I'm gonna do what I want to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Somebody wanted to bring up in the conversation that like could have benefited from a record like this, and is like at that same level, but stuck in like the mainstream lane where like he can't access songs like this. BJ, the Chicago kid. Yeah, totally. Who totally. is beyond gifted? Like he's a star. Yeah, but he hasn't made the song yet. Like the studio song with Schoolboy Q is actually a hit. Mm-hmm. Like it should be can- canonical with all music that people enjoy of this era, but it's not um, for whatever reason. And if he were able to lay his voice on songs like these with the way that they're written and the way that they they could be delivered and the way yeah. they are delivered here, like 
there's, I say this only to say that there's a much larger conversation that isn't being had because there isn't the same access necessarily or desire to have access mm-hmm. to the artists making that music in the mainstream as there is on an indie underground lane. Like, this is a band camp thing. Like, right, totally. That's how you got it to us mm-hmm. was, you know, like, you're at band camp, so you know when this thing, these things are bubbling. You know, so, like, that, that's what it is. Like, it just, it, it makes me intrigued in a sense we're at a place right now with the industry where there's two very separate sides largely doing the same thing. And one of them is, like, really cultivating a thing. I think of the underground. It's really cultivating this, like, breadth and depth of sound. Yeah. And then you get this mainstream side where it's kind of, like, almost there. But there's something that, like, limits it from really having, like, the ability to have the scope and have the reach that something that, like this Moses somebody's going to have. And that's always the interesting thing because it's, like, you know, just living and working in New York now, like, the both both sides totally know of each other. Like, the mainstream, they right. know about people like Moses and they know about people like King or whoever. But for whatever reason, because of barriers, it's just... They just can't cross pollinate yet, you know. Right. And I don't know. I don't know at what point they can, but do you think they should? I, you know, personally, I don't think that they should. Okay. Yeah. Um, because you know, I, I don't either. Like career, career goals aside, like yeah, yeah, it'd be great if like King got a contract that like provided for them their the rest of their lives. If they if yeah. they could, if That'd they be could have Beyonce's budget. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> or even Kal- be, or even Kalani's budget. That's gonna no no. That's gonna be the new metric. If you could have Beyonce's budget, then that's then I'm good right. with them having Kalani's budget but, or Alessia Cara's budget at that point. But like, please, but it'd whatever. be great. But at the same time, as much as we'd like to think, like no people people are mean to that. Like that that can change people. Mm-hmm. That's and, true. Yeah, like, it's it, a, it's a messy issue. It's I a think. weird it's a weird thing because I think that there's a thing with the mainstream. Where okay, so I wrote a piece last year for Medium, where I said that Solange actually had the better album between Solange and Beyonce. I agree. And well, thank you. It's that's the uh, that's the actual answer to the I'm question. I'm in the minority here. I know. I know you are, but you're wrong. <laughs> I had I had I had the chance I had the chance to buy both yeah. Solange and Beyonce, right. and I came home with lemonade. Right. Mm. Well, you know, uh, it's understandable. Like, but I, it's not the, the actual right answer. But that's okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. So I had this 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 point because I feel like there's a thing with mainstream ears right now, where like, and there's songs on this album, production wise, that sound like Rihanna songs and Future songs, especially because both of those artists sonically are above and beyond what everybody else is doing like the 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 atmosphere the atmosphere which these songs are created is astounding like you listen like a second of like love song with like rihanna and future mm-hmm. which if you took away all the vocals it's just an astounding listen it's just beautiful and melodious and you're just like wow that and future and rihanna on this singing a song about whatever like that's, yeah. that's crazy but on the underground there's this nuance and that's the thing that I want to see where the crossover exists. And I'm saying this only because it plays right into the next song we're going to talk about. Because mm. um, this make out in my car, to me, is the kind of song that you could do. You could put this song on like a BJ or like Alessia Cara or somebody with the same sonics. And it would get, and it's the kind of thing because the lyric is so yeah, like childish almost in a way. Right. That but- it, 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 
takes down that barrier. But I'm a, I am mean, I'll, I'll simplify it a little bit. And I just, they don't have his voice, man. Like no, that boy, his voice is, <laughs> dude, yeah. dude's voice is one That's, of a kind, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you can give any of these songs to any of these mainstream cats. I don't think they can rock it the way Moses can. That's the one thing where it's like his voice is crazy. And 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 this song, I think, is a good example. This it's the subversion of of pop music is built on essentially basic ability, right? Yeah. Like pop music is it's popular. It's meant for the masses. It's not meant to. And there's that's no slight to anybody who enjoys that. That's the majority. In fact, that is the majority of like music listeners. They like that. so when you introduce something like his voice, and we're not talking like an Adele voice, we're not talking, you know, like, but this, this, it's not big, but it feels, this it fills ethereal, the this, this ethereal, uh, clearly masterful and clearly coming straight from his soul. Like it, I can see it like sort of fucking people up. I mean, like yeah. why, why? Because they would hear Rihanna in this and then they'd be like, well, I really like Rihanna, but whoa, who's that guy? I was going to yeah. say, I'll say one thing, one last thing. Um, <clears throat> one of my favorite songs of all time, and it fits in the context of this conversation is, um, Luther Ingram's, if loving you was wrong, I don't want to be right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is like for that era is a complete left field type of R and B number. Cause it's like the notes are longer. The for voice sure, is bigger. Sure. The subject matter is like, Really, really, really risque. Yep. As a number one single. Mm-hmm. So, like, I say that only because it's like the the only song I could think of when I was think, trying to contextualize this record for like, because I'm like, okay, as an indie record, this is a great indie record. It's probably like a top five indie record ever. But I'm like, there's something about this album that says something that's like more to me. Like, it has mm-hmm. a greater reach. And I'm like, how. Is there any sort of like context by we're, which I can state this greater track. reach? And I think that's intentional. I think this is why this is such a success because it's intended as first of all, it's a breakdown about romantic love, right? And and how like he's never been in had romantic love and stuff, and how the people in the media treat that subject. And but it's also meant to be uh, very much a dreamscape, very much like those moments when you can be in love and and is just like waking up. Where you don't really know, and you're floating, and you enjoy it, and uh, yeah. and and what you find uh, in life in that and in this album is that you can be doing that one second, and the next second, it'd be like everything is horribly wrong, right? <laughs> and uh, but but this is a really good example about of the this is a make out of my car.
Uh, make out in my car, possibly the sexiest song of 2017. That's that's fucking like. <laughs> it's so great. I mean, my lady's out to dinner, but when she gets home, you guys are gonna have to go. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna, gonna go straight to, to the go. car. Like, <laughs> um, no, I mean that that's uh, again, it's a tremendous melding of you know we were talking about Maxwell. Um, you can talk about anything about that that era and melding it with this futuristic stuff that Dev Hines dabbles in. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's repurposing old material in a new way. It's and that it's all coming from this one guy is quite it's quite frankly, it's still blowing my mind. I've been listening to this what for like a month and this is mm-hmm. it's like I I can't in a very good way wrap my head around how potent this collection of songs actually is. Yeah. You know, you, you said during the break that you wished it was longer and stuff. And yeah. I think I think that's part of the thing though, because it's not. This is like a uh, I don't have it up in front of me, but it's it's only like a thirty some minute album. It's maybe? like thirty five minutes. Thirty five minutes album. Yeah. And, and and it gets you in and out. It's like it's like a shot of fucking saccharin and and it's and it's <laughs> and it's perfect. I'll make yeah. a I'll yeah. make a point here because this is something I was thinking about when I was listening to this. It's really funny in this generation that the great that the ki- the great kids, as I like to call them, because there's a group of young artists. Two of them sat on this couch, by the way, Kev. Yeah, April and Vista. You know, yeah. And and I talked to April after that episode. We went and ate chicken wings for you know like three hours. It was great. Shout out to Bus Boys and Poets. Um, we uh, we sat there, and the kids don't specifically think of writing great pop songs anymore. Mm-mm. They just kind of create stuff. And if it's four minutes long, it's four minutes long. If it's two minutes long, it's two minutes long. Like, And that's that's what we, we were talking with them about SoundCloud, and that's what SoundCloud enabled. Never mind the technology to do right. shit. The, mm. And never mind the internet. You can get it out everywhere. But SoundCloud very specifically meant that you could just get it to millions of people. And I did not believe going into that conversation there was something called SoundCloud rap. And, well, and, and if if I didn't, if I didn't know <laughs> better thing. though, there's going to be something called SoundCloud Soul. There's going to be well, there something be. called SoundCloud Folk. I mean, it's up there. It's probably it's, it's probably exists. Shout like, out to that beat tapes piece. Yeah. Oh, and shout out to like um, now like Bandcamp. So now it's like Bandcamp Rap, Bandcamp Soul. Like that's becoming a thing. Is that yeah. a thing? It's becoming a thing, dude. Oh man. Yeah. No, so I was saying this only because twenty years ago, when you saw like the Black Lily movement in Philly. These are all people that came from like the three minute and 30 second song school of music. Mm-hmm. The idea of doing a six minute song was crazy. Like you didn't do anything shorter than three minutes and 30 seconds. So it's the idea of like, you know, like it was like, like early roots albums. You have like eight minute songs. You're like, oh, wow. This is the creative exponent, like exponentially creative moment. Yeah. It's like we're going to hear like an eight minute jazz jam session after the rap song. Oh shit, this is dope. Like this is like the crazy different thing. But now we don't even get a three minute and thirty second song sometimes. It's For just sure. like because you cut out the you cut out the 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 the, the, the pre chorus and the hook and then like you know, or like the doubling of the hook or mm-hmm. and then like the the breakdown and you know all those pieces that give which, used to give you which a the, five minute long pop song. Which those right. steers that more into traditionally like black music art forms 
like jazz and hip hop. Yeah. Because you could have a, a, like early hip hop. It was just like one straight flow. Right. And there was no hook. There was nothing. The hook was in the record and it was constant. Right. It was like right. every, like every eight hooks measures. Hooks the break. Right. right. Hooks yeah, the break. Much. Same thing with jazz. Like you can have these like grand improvisa- improvisations and like, I'll, I'll ask this rather than say it. Like when you're listening to this, do you guys ever feel centered or do you feel like a, a just sort of unlatched? I feel very centered listening to this because if anything else, like, I mean, we all listen to music for a living and it's like, I love the fact that, you know, like I was saying during the break that make out of my car, that's the only knit I can pick from this album. It's like, I could listen to this for like six minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I love the fact that it's very like, it's almost ambient in a way, but it definitely centers you into like his world of music. And I don't really want to listen to anything else. You know, I, I bring up the fact that we all have to listen to music because so, you have to digest things pretty quickly. Yeah. So yeah. this just kind Super of pulls quick you out. Right. So that's the thing <laughs> with this. It's like, no, I just, and, this is all I want to hear. And I should recontextualize what I said. And like by unlatch, I mean like you, like you're centered, like you're here or you're just like floating in it. That's what I mean by unlatch. And you sound like you're you're like you put it on and you're like that's it. That's so it. You, I mean, like, yeah, I don't like I don't. That's my experience too. Yeah, I, and it's like I have favorite songs. Like I love "Make Out of My Car." I mm-hmm. love "Coral." Mm-hmm. I pretty much like everything on here, but I always start out at the top and go right to track eleven, and I don't move around. Yeah, because even with the skits, and I'm not a skits guy, right? But I love everything about it, and so anytime it's time to play the Moses Sumney record, I'm playing it front to back. Every time it's like a thirty-five minute song for me, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Who's made that recently? Nobody. Bobby Kamazi. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you know, I was Probably gonna Kamazi, say, yeah. yeah, right. Like it's, it's. Oh, I know somebody. Somebody we're gonna talk about Aaron exactly. Abernathy. Right on. Oh yeah, of course, true, true, true. of course. We we can't. And and I and if and it's me speaking to the mic like it's collective person. It's in the room. But we talk about this record every other show, every other damn show because it's that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, just, we have since we've just, been back. We've mentioned that it good. every every show. Like, um, but I feel like. That speaks to a notion that I just want to find one of these 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 young children of soul music and just put them in a context of like sitting down with like Babyface yeah. or like a Raphael Sadiq or like somebody or like Pharrell mm-hmm. or somebody who understands both sides of the conversation mm-hmm. because music demands that right now. Like, there is absolutely no reason why. And I mentioned BJ, the Chicago kid, only because he's that great. Like, if you're not listening to him, he's just like, mm, like, nails it every time. Or somebody like a no-name who could mm-hmm. use something like this. Which, shout out no-name, please repress your vinyl. <laughs> exactly. 300 copies of Telephone ain't going to be enough. That's not, that's I'll, not I'll enough. I'll buy 300 copies <laughs> right, of me Telephone. Too. I would happily. But, uh, but... There needs to be somebody who can like navigate that space because now that space is like there, yeah, and it's like obvious. And it's not that you have to cross it all the way over or you have to cross all the way back, but there's a space in the middle that like I don't think anybody knows how to make those songs yet. Because here's the thing about Moses Sumney, and we had the first conversation about Moses. You were like almost oh, ready to kill me. Because mm-hmm. I was like, it's not as good as it he, could he's be. He's pointing at me, not more. Oh, well, right. oh, no, I'm, I'm pointing at Kevin. I said, it's not as great as it could be. Because I'm like, there's a space. <laughs> I'm going to narrate. More, more, more just reco- recoiled in there horror. Is, See, like, Moses Sumney is really, really, really good. Right, right. To not just be dabbling around making like awesome indie records. 
He could sell 10 million copies of this if he wanted to. It's that good. It's really, really good. Mm -hmm. But there's something in there that's like missing. I don't know what it, I can't wrap my brain around it necessarily. Mm -hmm. But I did say, and I'll I'll say this again because I said this to you earlier, Mm -hmm. Kevin. There's the thing about young black kids who are making white people's music that white people made because they were trying to make approximations on black music and they just missed the soul. So like Radiohead and bands like that made it, made an entire career out of making Coldplay, have made an entire career out of making like largely soulless R&B songs mm-hmm. that have placated a certain audience and do very well as EDM songs. We, like talked, about that, we talked about this in a recent podcast with Ben Harper. Uh, right, like being able yeah. to get being able to get the soul. Like you never want to hear a Marvin Gaye cover by anybody, uh, especially not like Ed Sheeran or something. Right, but you you do like it's it. There is stuff that is built into certain cultures that you can draw on. That like and and, and, like, and, and so whatever you think of Ben Harper, that's built in in his experience, and he can do it. And he like hits it. There's yeah. it's like there's that thing that like. And I went back to them. I had to go back to the Maxwell record because I'm like, I haven't heard this since that. Ma- and people have to go listen to the Maxwell Unplugged because at the time that it came out, and you could attest to this. Yeah. It was like completely out of left field. People yeah, were like, people were like well, well, this is good, but uh, it's not Urban Hang Suite. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah like, I remember that. Yeah. What, what is he doing? What is Maxwell even doing? Right. So this is a record I go, there's nobody else making this record. Like Dev Hines could have made this record, but he went way to the left. And stay in left. Oh, it worked for him two, though. It's two different things. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. No, but I feel like I feel like there's soul. That's a major part yeah, of the Devine record. He's more, he more he more so leans towards like pop though. Right, but for I sure. but there's a there's a very urban mainstream sound that's mm. latched into this whole like because this is an indie soul record. Well, to me, it almost. I mean, I'm looking at the track list now. You can also call it a folk record. Honestly, yeah. right? No, I think you, you know can too, you can yeah. call it folk, and I think there's it's no surprise that it's coming out on Jag Jaguar, you know, right? It's the Bonnie Vare label, <laughs> it's like, yeah. right? You know, it's a folk record, but to uh, me. but there's something in that that to me is like really combustible, and I don't know what. And there's some there's some smooth person in the world that's like far smoother than his voice that has to be in the room. But to like add that level of polish to it, contextualize it as folk though, and 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 that's sort of the point of folk is that you're just telling the stories. Which no. true. So and these aren't necessarily these are simultaneously like new stories and personal experiences, but they are. And, and this is what resonates with me is that there are just old old emotions. Yeah, no, totally. Of course. And and so and that and then part of that is using his voice. Uh, using the atmospherics, using a lot of reverb uh, to get you into that zone. I mean, you zone out, and I'll mm-hmm. see you there. And then right. occasionally, some guy comes by. I want to, I want to like come back and, and wrap yeah. this up. But but I want to play a song since we got songs. Uh, we'll play your favorite song off this. This is Quarrel, right? Mm-hmm. So this is Quarrel uh, off of Moses Sumney's Aromanticism. I don't 
Quarrel for Moses Sumley. Uh, that is, I mean, halfway through that, I look at you more. I said, "That's that's a Tom York riff. I think it's off Amnesiac. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he's playing with it. And he's making it its own, and it's it is abnormally and exceptionally like perfect. Yeah, totally. And it there. And I say this as a Radiohead fan, so like this is bias, right? So I'm a 45 year old white dude who loved Radiohead. Uh, white, po- Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. believe it either. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Moonshade Pool is still a shit album, but that, <laughs> but, but they have some work in their history. This this I'm telling you guys, this band Radiohead might have something to them yet, maybe. Um, but but uh, this is the type of stuff that really like scratches that itch that you don't even know you have. You're right. just like, I just need something to escape. Uh, weirdly, this, to me, reminds me of the Jessica Pratt album a couple of years ago, because I could do the same thing. And, uh, oh, God, what's her name? I'm not going to, I'm going to skip that, because I, <sighs> Laura Marling, her album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, it, it. Drops you into their world, mm. and it's something that very few artists are, are capable of doing. But once you're there, you're there for the ride. Like you said, you're you're in for the 35 minutes. You're in for the. You're gonna get a lot of what that is on this album. I mean, he has a sound, and it's it's familiar. Totally, but it 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 speaks on in not just like nonverbal ways. It speaks on like a universal wavelength that you're just like fuck yes. Mm-hmm. That song particularly. Uh, I mean, my favorite song on the album is uh, is Lonely World, only because of the breakdown at the end. It's crazy. Oh, my God. It's, it's so crazy. funky. Shout so out funky. to Thundercat on bass. Yeah. Killing yeah. it. And, yeah. and that came out on a previous release, I think. Yeah, the last EP. Yeah, last EP. But but still, like, that's halfway through the album. There's 11 tracks. It's 11 or 12 tracks in this. It's 11. 11. Yeah, 11 tracks. That's ha- basically halfway through the album. That's that's uh, if you're splitting it. And it's just like, it's everything about this plays, like, perfectly mm-hmm. and so like i i i mean i think we're all uh, basically like yeah this is like this is the record you have to have in 2017 totally okay. so i'll i'll say this um as a, as an as an addendum to what i've been saying in the the so when we play the music and we go off mic mm-hmm. um if if this album were put out on def jam in 2005 it would have sold it would sell 20 million copies right, right it's really 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 good like and i'm waiting for the moment when there's a record on your site mm-hmm. that everybody downloads yeah at the exact same time and it's like war this on, record war on drugs ain't ended up on man camp bro <laughs> i mean <laughs> Darn, I can't assign that feature. Yeah. <laughs> Drat. <laughs> so it, this is this is one of those records that like and this I think and it speaks to Bandcamp and it speaks to like the, the, the need for a bandcamp and it's like democratized music universe. Um if there was like an album that you had to download off of Bandcamp like immediately, it'd be this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it and and you know, I, I write there. But totally. no two drop a word or two there. Um, a lot of stuff that ends up on Bandcamp is great to stream off of the site. 
Mm-hmm. And like, and I'm saying this to like people who are casual music fanatics who are who don't know what a Bandcamp is, who barely know what a, what a Spotify or a SoundCloud is, mm-hmm. and now they're like Bandcamp. This is the new thing. Oh, okay, Bandcamp. So if you're like waking up and you're like unfrozen caveman music fan, and you're like, I need to go to Bandcamp. Apparently, this is what I do now. This will be a record to go and download and you know purchase and say so you purchased yeah. an album off of this site. We we had this discussion last night. You guys weren't here. Uh, it's Andre and, and Eduardo, and we were talking about vinyl. And and but I think what you're talking about is right. And, and having newly, so look, my shit got destroyed, right? And I've never been. I think you guys know this about me. A person who's like about like things. I have the things I need. Right. And and look, people, I do need my Xbox. Yeah, like, you do. If, if I don't, if I'm <laughs> what about not your able, switch? If I'm not, yeah, I must. What switch. if I just jacked your switch and yeah, walked out of the door? Well, I. It, it'd be hard for me to leave tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I know. That's what panic disorder. You would, 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 dri- would drive to my front door. You'd yeah, assault yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, but no. But that's what panic disorder. Like, there's therapeutic reasons for the things I have around. But I really, I, all my CDs are in a thing. They never come out. I don't traffic in books anymore. I don't, I don't like the physical medium. Something about this basement being destroyed triggered something where I am all about vinyl now. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm all about it is because it, despite what we do down here, it's a way to support the industry in, in a very real sense. And then you feel a connect. And I feel more connected to a lot of this stuff that I'm that like I've bought now yeah. and a lot of the music that I listened to. I, I pulled out, I had realized I hadn't taken out the rapper, Lord Gibson's album. Oh yeah. Yeah. Empire yeah. Builder. Empire. Like, that was, yeah. That's yeah. Right. And it was yeah. in the rapper. That's why it survived the flood. And I was just like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, and, and I put it on the other day. I was like, yeah, this is amazing. And my, my point is, is that I'm not going to go out and buy, and this is the short version of the conversation we had last night. I'm not going to go out and buy like shit vinyl just to have it. Right. So like Grizzly Bear, sorry, not only am I not listening to you, I'm never going to buy your vinyl. Like this is just not a thing that should happen. But mm-hmm. But the stuff that, we should be listening to you absolutely have to get your hands on like sort of the biggest physical copy you have to be able to hug it i agree because as sappy as it sounds like it's it's like sonically hugging you and it's just like this is these type of albums are always a gift yeah from somewhere and i'm certainly not that guy but like they're a gift from somewhere and something happened that a just biology gave him the talent, but things have moved into place that he is able to put this in front of the world, yeah. and now it's here. And this is the type of thing that I think enriches and and makes these like dark times tolerable. No, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I treat vinyl the same way. It's like I'm not one of those where I'm just going to go to the record store and just buy stuff. You know, I'm all about yeah. like. The classics, like stuff that I'm going to play years from now or that I'm going to pass down to family members or whatever, I buy that. Right. Some, you know, stuff like obviously To Pimper Butterfly or like The Epic or Anderson Pox Malibu, you know, stuff like that, where mm-hmm. it's like when you pick it up, it's like, oh, yeah, it takes you back to that moment in time. So I totally agree with you, man. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I think that that's I think that's this album. I, I think this is this is sort of the signal. of. I mean, this is he's been around. He's played on some big fucking records. Uh, but this is the start of his career, and as evidenced by, he got fucking Bob 
to talk him through this album. Right. Like, think about that. That's crazy. That's, that is pretty crazy. So, yeah, Bob, uh, and, and, and Bob doesn't really do stuff he doesn't want to. Right. So that means it's connecting. It's connecting with like all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And like, so for me, like that makes it like it's not just a buy for me. It, this is, this is like the album. Like I said, you have to have in twenty seventeen. Like, if it, you get out and you don't buy any music, this is it. Like there. it's it's a it's it's a record that you're gonna go back to in like a year and you're gonna be like this is the start of where the the bridge between the mainstream and the underground gets crossed. Because the next big wave outside of country, because we talk about country a lot down here, not because yeah. it's not because Kevin and I are both rednecks, big giant <laughs> Honking rednecks. <laughs> Speak for yourself, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. I, I'll admit it. I'll, I'll cop right. to it. But uh, but the other wave is this like black take on indie pop music, and it's like it's almost like a revolutionary thing because I think the Solange record is the best indie pop record that's been put out in a long, long time. And that opened the gate to like, okay, now we can have black people making what is a traditionally white medium of music, like in, in great abundance. And this is to me what the Solange record was to last year in the sense that it continues that narrative voice of like making let me ask you, quote-unquote, strange alternative records that aren't actually very down, strange or alternative. Down, down that road, we know the problems we have in this country. I mean, yes. and, and they're in the world, but we know the problems we have in this country. Is this a signal of evolution? Oh, it totally is. It's, 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 it's 10 because, years. Because from what you're saying is, like, if a kid who lived in California, lived in Ghana, lives back in California now, can do this and is not self-conscious about it and, and just does it, like, to me, that feels like evolution. He went to the this Radiohead is... concert and didn't feel weird. Exactly. Exactly. Like, he and his five... I mean, where we... Marcus and I were, like, the one black guy mm-hmm. at all those shows. <laughs> right. And you know, you remember. Oh, totally. Still the case. There's, like, five of us now. Yeah. At these shows now. Yeah. And we also went to a sold-out Blood Orange show mm-hmm. last year that was full of white kids. Totally. Which was even crazier to me. That was weird. Yeah, because it's like, okay. But now we're at a point where this record exists, and it's an indie folk record. I'll use your nomenclature for it. It's an indie folk record made by... I'm good with that. ...an African-born, American-living artist. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so so what are you going to do with it, man? Um, I'll tell other people to buy it. Yeah, good. That's that's like three for the year, man. Yeah, I don't. It's I don't good. say yeah, that a lot. It's hard to get you there, but yeah, no. but I'll tell other people to buy right. it. Yeah, yeah. Because because when this record comes out, because this is gonna be one of those records too. I'll even go further because I like to throw these things into the air. Uh, this is the kind of record that will get re-released by a major label. Yeah. After it's been like reworked and remixed and remastered and put through the the the. The major label Jay like Jaguar does good work though. No, they, they do. do they're pretty good. But there are things that are missing from these records. The little tiny I know, I know what you're saying. Things that could make this record sell to everybody. Sure. Immediately out of the gate, jump, slap you in the face, you know, buy it up buy it immediately. Yeah. In that way. Mr. Moore, you get the final word on aromanticism. Uh buy it on vinyl. Yeah. 
for sure. I mean, easily. Like, there's, you know, no second thought there. Like, if you have the means to buy it and buy it on vinyl, do that yeah. immediately. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's it for Moses Sumney's Aromaticism. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, there. There is another... Uh, album that uh, that is the album you need to have in 2017. We can only talk a little bit about it. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about it now. So we'll be back in two minutes. That is, uh, most of these aromanticism is available everywhere you can buy records. And as you just heard, you should go out and, and do exactly that. Buy this fucking record. Buy three of them. Give them to your friends. Seriously, spread the gospel. I mean, that's, totally. that's, uh, and, and speaking of spreading the gospel, we're going to talk about it right now. Uh, this is something, and, and full disclosure, we've said, spent a lot of time with this artist, Mr. Daly and you, Mr. Moore. Uh, talking about this project. Uh, his name is Aaron Abernathy. He's been yes. down here in this basement uh, talking about this. He's been here twice talking about to me and talking to you with his he's a musical director for Black Milk. Uh, last year he put out an album called Monologue, which was stellar. It was an amazing collection full of like, it was like jazz, soul, just practically perfect. It, it made him a, a top-selling jazz artist in Japan where they still buy physical music. So and, that actually matters. And got him a label deal in Japan. Yes, mm-hmm. where they still, again, they still buy physical music. So that's actually a so thing that matters. When, when we talked to him, he was like, okay, that album is called Monologue, and next one is going to be called Epilogue. Like, this is his own right. personal journey. Uh, then the election happened. And everybody, things went weird, kids, in case you weren't paying attention. Like, things got really fucking weird. Um, and initially, I think it was like I heard from you, Dowling, and about two months after, yep. like I was checking in with Ab, and I said, you know, hey, what's what's going on with Epilogue? And he said, well, I, I think I'm doing this other thing, man. Maybe it's maybe it's dialogue. Mm-hmm. And uh, and dialogue is coming. It is out on October second. No, sixteenth. I think October sixteenth. Yeah, okay. October sixteenth. Yeah. Got some singles coming. Uh, but what what our our guy has done? He's crafted an album that is a direct response to the times we live in, and not only direct response to the times we live in. I think, and you guys can chime in. I I think it's it's an important like handbook to surviving the times that we live in right now. It is uh, a singular statement, the kind we haven't heard uh, since maybe Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On." Uh, it's powerful. It is soulful. It is, uh, it is all black. It is all inclusive. It is kind of everything, right? Um. So yeah. So when Marvin Gaye made "What's Going On," it came at a time of his life where he had finally grown up. Mm-hmm. Um. The story is famous that he went into the office of Motown and said to Barry Gordy, "Um, I'm tired of recording milk toast pop records for white people. Um, when when the world is fucked up for black people." 
And he was like, I want to get with Funk Brothers and I want to get with my friends and I want to make this album. And Barry Gordy said no, but Marvin, Marvin Gaye, you know, didn't relent. And he made one of the greatest records of all time. Um, same thing with Ab. Ab's a grown-ass man. <laughs> like, every other soul artist you will hear about in music today, if, they, if, if, if they're relevant, whatever hot in your world, they are children by comparison to what Aaron Abernathy is as a creator of music. Yeah. Like, kids can't make this record. Nope. Kids can hear this record. But the making of this record requires a level of awareness of what it is to be black that somebody under the age of 30 can't quite get. And that's important to be a grown adult mm-hmm. and make an adult record when adult things were going on in the world. When like adult decisions are being made, like being a child and throwing up your hands and saying, oh my God, what do I do? I'm going to relent, resist, yeah. reclaim my time, whatever. Like, that's all good and well, and hashtags are fun, but this is actual music as, like, activism, like actual boots on the ground. Yep. So if you're, if you're not aware of what boots on the ground looks like or feels like, if you think it's just a Kendrick Lamar-like record, well, this expands that definition. I, th- I think it absolutely does. In a real and, way. And you famously said, because uh, we aren't going to review the whole album right now, we're just going to do a track, but you said this is the album that Kendrick, like, could have made, could, but, did, but, but, did, but did not. This is Maybe. this is the first single off this album, this Children of the City, and uh, you are not ready or worthy, but it's coming at you regardless. I just uh, I just find it incredible it, because it, what it means is that the person who's asking that question has absolutely no idea what black people have gone through, what black people have experienced in this country since the time the first black person was kidnapped from the shores of Africa. With Trying to make a way, 
myself a lot of talk and leave the devil tonight. I hope the Lord hears my prayer today and remember the children of the city. To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world. Black people, I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So again, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. the city uh mr moore how does that make you feel i mean you know <laughs> when i when i listen to his record man i mean shout out to ad because dallin correct me where i go wrong here man but this i've this to me felt like dc soul like old school like of course it is old school dc soul record of course it is and i haven't heard that in how long now it's it's, it's been, been several years since i've heard like been a, like it's been at least what five, six. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm being dramatic. I'm sure I'm missing somebody. No, you're, but like, you're, not, like you're not though. Dusty old school soul. That's what that's what it made me feel like. I heard some D'Angelo in there, but it's still his own thing. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's, it's a night at 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 live right. from like 2007. Hell yeah, with like a packed ass room, and like stylus is is rome shout out to rome exactly. rome is djing as the opener yeah and and like you have like maybe um who who be the opener for this shit i don't know in man. 2007 here 2007 hey, it's probably somebody i'm easily forgetting and i feel I mean, bad you, you you know the show yeah but it's like you know all man's is still open you know what i'm saying that's what it makes me feel like right. it makes me feel like old school like u street Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I like about this album the most is like beautiful, relates... beautiful high yellow women with with six inch heels, <laughs> drinking expensive drinks. That too, that too. <laughs> and it it relates to so many different people, but it's yeah. it's definitely a DC album, which no, it, is what I love. It's, I, I mean, I'm in the bag for this, but you guys already knew that. So like, in one episode of Chunky Glasses, we listened to two records that should be if if and shout out to Coke High for being the president of DC Grammy. If you listen to this, and I know you're listening. Um, there's two records that are coming out of the, uh, out of that coming from out of this basement to tell you that these are records that could be 
and should be under some kind of consideration a, for a, Grammy level. Yeah, and, music. And, and look, we're gonna we're gonna talk. Ab's gonna be down here. It's gonna be doing some other stuff, but we're actually gonna do a full review of the album later on. Yeah. But like, this is just sort of like a teaser of saying, this is the shit. Yeah. There, there's a campaign that started. Hashtag be part, be a part of the dialogue. Yeah, it's get on that. Find it on Twitter. It's going to be in the show notes. I mean, this is it's two different sides of the same coin. It's like okay, so like yeah. people people think that like soul music has to be like R and B with rap involved, but that that's that's kind of played. Like we we reached the the the, the end of that. Like future and one artist like does both of those things like to the, the point where you can make music for the radio, and that's what people want on that side. But, like, now we have soul music that, like, is an actual soul record. Like, Aaron Abernathy made a soul record that does not involve, at minimum, songs about rape and violence and, you know, turning up at the club. None of those records are on this record. And then you have this Moses Sumney record that is this amazing, it's a black folk record, Mm -hmm. which is astounding. So you have these two very important sides of the conversation they're reascendant. I mean, yeah. soul music by its very definition, it's 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 really simple, guys. It's right there in the title. It just simply <laughs> has to come from the soul, right? And that that can express it as there there's soulful folk. Like that can you can follow it in traditions and stuff, but true soul music is just that. It comes from the soul. It it in Aaron's case, a lot of it comes from the church. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of like faith involved in that. Yeah. There's a uh, song the album called Leviticus. Yeah, yeah, and. And that is, despite what you hear on the airwaves, despite what a genre in your iTunes is going to tell you, that is few and far between in 2017 or 2016 or 2015. Or, you know, it's like you Mm -hmm. said, it's like all about getting in the club and it's all about, but but the real soul music, uh, we're here to tell you right now with these two albums, especially, like, it's still out there. Yeah. This is it. And it's reascendant. So, like, if you, I, I hate when people say to me, well, nobody makes good music no more. Like, I was at this, this the DC radio event. I was in this room mm-hmm. full of, like, you know, intelligent, largely intelligent college hey, degree. I was there. I know you were. <laughs> Shout out. Shout but, out to Kevin uh, Hill. Yeah, so I was, like, sitting there, like, in a room with very intelligent, educated black folk. And they're going, nobody makes soul records no more. Somebody looked, somebody looked Raheem Devon right in the face. It was like, nobody makes what? soul records no more. And I was like, it was very entertaining because I'm just like, oh, I know two of them. That I've listened to in the last seven days. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, good. So hopefully this is a thing that people will become aware of because of the, 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 the relevance and reach of what you guys are doing at Bandcamp. Doing what we can, man. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully but, there's, a, there's a, a space for this reascendance because the records are, are great. Yeah, and, and as we close this out, this is, a, this is a good time to plug this, Marcus. Like, so it's something hopefully we're going to be doing because DC Radio, as you mentioned, has launched. DCRadio.gov. And we're going to be doing a show. Yeah, we're going to be doing a show. FM HD4. Yeah, we're going to be doing a show on that. And so what What I, I think some of our goals are is to, it, not in this format. This format is basically sitting in my basement drinking beers and cussing. That's not going to go well on government <laughs> airwaves. Uh, but but the goal is to maybe like get you thinking about more stuff like this that is happening very like locally, happening in our city that we all love, and uh, and maybe bring a few people along for the ride. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll see what we can do. So so that's out Air there. Happening. And uh, and we'll keep you updated on that when that's coming out. Uh, right now, that is the end of our podcast. Thank you, Jenna, for hanging out. Of course. Uh, if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Stitcher, Mixcloud, 
I think Spotify right now, Google Play. Uh, our podcast hoster is Pippa. If you right now still they're a startup, if you want to start a podcast, you have a good idea, they will host it for free. It's so great, it's it such is a great service, fucking amazing. It is is they are the best, and they they the support they answer your question. When you all got bombed with all three hundred episodes of this, we all upload them to the service is because they specifically built that function that I could backdate episodes. That's how on point they are. They they believe in the medium. They want to survive. There's tons of podcasts up there. It's not just another aggregator. Uh, they're great. Squarespace uh, hosts our site where you can find Mauricio Castro and Matt Conan out there doing live shit every night. Uh, Shout out to the brother Mauricio for shooting the the, the Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, yeah, that's he, tight. He's everywhere, man. Good luck he's, for him. He's he's amazing. And uh, and then I like uh, that guy. Yeah, and then we're out there on on the Twitters. Shout out to you too. guys. Thanks. Shout out to you, bro. Hey, man, you know, you know. Uh, we're out there at Chunky Glasses on Twitter and Instagram and just Chunky Glasses on Facebook, I think. www.chunkyglasses.com. We'll be back in a few short days uh, where we'll be. Yeah, we're talking about Dave Rollins. That's how that works out. It's, gonna be, it's been good. Neither of you guys are on it, but you should tune in. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a cool conversation. Uh, until then, uh, get out and see some live music. If you can catch Ab, any or Moses Sumney, anywhere, go out and do that. Uh, and be good to yours, but be better to your people. We'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!